Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Dan 1132. I'm Jim Wittivine. It's good to be here with you once again after an extended absence. I was traveling in the south of Brazil and I was hoping to have an opportunity to record a podcast, but with the schedule over the last few weeks, it's been uh, just too busy, too many things going on. And uh, now I'm back home in BC and uh, back and ready to go and ready to get back to, I hope, uh, the weekly schedule of broadcasting episodes of the podcast. So while I was in the south of Brazil, I visited a number of congregations in the uh, Reformed Churches of Brazil. I preached and I also taught in those churches. And, and one of the the presentations that I was asked to give in one of the mission congregations was what the church has learned or what the church should learn from the COVID-19 experience. I hope to get to that and, and actually do an English version of that to broadcast on the podcast for next week. But for this week, I wanted to just, this kind of continues along the theme that I had been following in previous weeks before the break about Pride Month and about transgenderism and about all of those issues. A very interesting article that was brought to my attention that was published in the Daily Mail. And I, I checked and, and I did some searching around to see if this story had actually been covered by any of the mainstream Canadian media, but it hasn't, which, as you'll see, is, is uh, uh, based on the actual content of the story, what the story is about. It's not surprising that the uh, pol the politically correct, bought and paid for Canadian media hasn't been covering this, apart from uh, a few independent voices which have uh, picked up on the story from the Daily Mail and went from there. But it was it's interesting to note, first of all, that this story was uh, published and brought to the world's attention on the 28th of July, a couple days ago, by... Uh, a British news source and not by a Canadian news source, which tells you something about what's happening in Canada in terms of news reporting, in terms of getting various sides of an issue, in terms of getting the complete picture of what what's actually happening in the world. In other words, here in Canada, if you're expecting to receive your news from a mainstream or from the mainstream news sources and are expecting to get the whole picture, you're sadly mistaken. But the, the second thing about this, this issue is, is, or the story itself, is that it brings together a number of different issues in a way that is really important for us to understand what's happening and see what's happening. Because what it will show us is that the dominant ideology or ideologies that are, are dominating or prevailing in the mainstream narrative are self-destructive, they're incoherent, and they aren't going or they aren't able to hold together because one side ends up battling against the other side because they don't agree with each other. So people, if people start to think and start to consider, well, this doesn't make any sense. If we hold to this opinion, we can't hold to this opinion. And uh, our worldview is completely incoherent. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't stick together. People, don't, people need to understand that, but we also need to take some comfort from this, knowing that uh, the enemy, uh, when we think of uh, the great enemy, our great enemy, the deceiver, 
who is uh, Satan and his minions, those who serve him, whether wittingly or unwittingly, uh, they act in a way that doesn't make sense because what makes sense accords with God's wisdom. And so when you have various groups that are united with one purpose, and that is uh, to fight against God, to fight against God's created order, to fight against his wisdom, they're going to take all kinds of contradictory opinions. They'll band together because they share a common enemy, but in the end, they will end up destroying each other. And that's what we see in this article. And I'm going to, in this story, I'm going to open this up. For those of you who are on Rumble, the last couple of episodes, if you're wondering where episodes uh, 94 and 95 are, they're available on, in audio podcasts, but not on video podcasts, because those last two episodes were only recorded in audio. So they're available on Apple Podcasts and other places where you find podcasts, but not on Rumble. But now this week, we're back on Rumble. So those of you who are watching on Rumble, you can read along in the articles I'm going to be referring to. So I'm going to open that up now in the window. You can see that on screen if you're watching on Rumble. And the article's headline is Trans-Indigenous Canadian Slams Doctors for Denying Her Euthanasia Request, saying death would be and then uh, uh, ellipses. The, uh, the uh, author of the article is James Rinal. And like I said, this article was published a couple of days ago on the 28th of July of 2023. And the article reads, an ind- indigenous transgender woman has slammed Canada's healthcare system for rejecting her euthanasia request despite the pain she endures from a surgically built vagina. In social media posts, Lois Cardinal, a self-proclaimed sterilized First Nations post-op transsexual, said regret over her medical transition led her to apply for a lethal injection in January. Cardinal, who lives on a native reserve near St. Paul, Alberta, posted her medical records from the request online this week to draw attention to radical gender ideology. Her case underscores the perils of Canada's ultra-liberal healthcare system, one of the world's most permissive for both euthanasia and affirming an individual's chosen gender. And so we we see how these, these issues are coming together here. The issue of the transgender ideology and also the euthanasia uh, supporting ideology, which has taken control uh, among our governing uh, entities in Canada uh, and the promotion of euthanasia uh, through the medical assistance in dying or made uh, laws which have been passed in Canada. The article continues, I'm in constant discomfort and pain, the 35-year-old told DailyMail.com. The article continues, Cardinal, who goes by Duchess Lois on social media, posted her suicide request documents online. It's taking this psychological burden on me. It's a quote from her, uh, him, If I'm not able to access proper medical care, I don't want to continue to do this. Cardinal underwent vaginoplasty in 2009, but developed complications and quickly regretted the procedure. And as we've heard over the past past weeks and the past episodes, this is not something that's out of the ordinary. When something as radical uh, as this transgender 
uh, male to female surgery is done, which is an experimental surgery in the first place, which attempts to do something that's impossible in the second place, you know there are bound to be complications. And many have found out that there are indeed complications. She told DailyMail.com, continuing with the article, that she feels constant pressure, pain, and discomfort now many years after the original surgery. Uh, The article goes into some detail here, so please excuse this. And uh, it's uh, a little graphic and horrible to think about, but I think it's important also to go through this. Uh, The difficult procedure involves inverting the penis into a neo-vagina. Most recipients suffer pain and discomfort afterward, according to a recent study from the University of Florida. That's the kind of thing that the gender transition supporters will not tell those who desire to undergo this treatment. Pain during intercourse and bladder problems are common. Not a rarity, not a rare side effect, but common. Not surprising. Neo-vaginas must also be dilated regularly to stop them from collapsing because they're not meant to be there. Because that is not how men were created. On Wednesday, the article goes on, Cardinal posted online the papers of her formal request under Canada's Medical Assistance in Dying made law. In the documents, Cardinal's doctor, who is not identified, cites her underlying problem as pain-slash-anxiety related to neo-vagina for gender affirmation. Again, we see that the use of the the euphemisms, gender affirmation, uh, neo-vagina, whatever that is supposed to represent. In the papers, the doctor said she consulted another clinician and referred Cardinal to a specialist, but ultimately rejected her made request. Based on current clinical information and consultations, the patient does not meet current made criteria, the doctor wrote. And one is led to question why that is so. Why is it that this person's request for euthanasia is rejected, while other requests that are made for uh, doctor-assisted suicide are indeed approved when they also appear to deal with people's mental health issues they have uh, or or other health issues that cause chronic pain etc which have been approved but now this one is not being approved again you're led to led to ask why is that why do, why do you think that could possibly be is it because it doesn't line up with the other aspects of this uh, or or the other ideology which is at play here but anyways, continuing with the article, trans-Indigenous Canadian uh, regrets transition and seeks euthanasia. Okay, that's just the headline above the, uh, a picture, the video. Uh, and then the article goes on. The unidentified doctor said Cardinal endured pain anxiety due to the neo-vagina that was built in her transgender surgery. Cardinal was raising money for corrective treatment at a gender clinic in Montreal, the doctor added. She, she could be reassessed for MAID in the future if there is a change in clinical status. The patient is aware she can contact me again for her ongoing journey for an assisted death, added the practitioner. It just The more you think about Canadian society and what's happening in, in Canadian society and, and, and what our 
governing uh, representatives are doing and the kind of laws that are kinds of laws that are being enacted, uh, the more I'm led to just think that we are headed in an extremely dystopian, horrific direction. And that that one sentence just kind of says it all. But to continue with the article, the doctor said Cardinal was told about the means available to relieve her suffering. Canada's assisted suicide program is available to adults with a serious and incurable illness, disease, or disability, and who are in an advanced state of irreversible decline. Cardinal may not be eligible because other treatments could solve her problem. She said she was later prescribed a numbing cream for her neo-vagina, but that it doesn't work. Her rejection for MAID amounted to a human rights concern, she said. Doctors are more interested in finding out what pronouns she uses than easing her pain, she told DailyMail.com. I'm not getting any better, and nor am I experiencing better medical care or any medical care, Cardinal said. It's so captured by gender ideologies that they care more about my pronouns. Unless her referrals to specialists help to ease her pain, she will reapply for assisted suicide in the coming months, she added. In other social media posts, Cardinal slams the transgender ideas that led to her bottom surgery 14 years ago. Now, some more uh, facts, a fact listed in the article. Canada is on track to record some 13,500 doctor-assisted suicides in 2022, so last year. And so going on with the rest of the article, in one video, she burns a version of the LGBTQ plus flag. In others, she appears frustrated and even on the verge of tears. I do not agree with the current rhetoric of the trans community, she says. A lot of the so-called trans hate is fueled by the trans community because we aren't allowed to have honest and tough conversations. She says children and vulnerable Canadians, especially its native population, are falling prey to a trend that is medicalized. And there, there's where we see a, a third aspect, a third uh, dominating ideological uh, trend in Canadian society coming into play. So we have, first of all, we have the assisted suicide ideology where we can choose uh, whether we live or die and the government must support that and the government-funded medical system, the taxpayer-funded medical system, must comply by providing suicide to those uh, who desire it. In the second place, we have the transgender, the transsexual uh, ideology, which has said that we as individual human beings can choose what sex we are, uh, and uh, everyone else must respect that choice where I can say that I'm a female uh, or, or a male or, or something in between, and everyone else must use my pronouns and not just that, uh, affirm me and that gender-affirming care, formerly known as a sex change operation, must also be provided uh, by Canada's citizenry. And thirdly, we have the entire uh, Indigenous issue, which is brought into this, brought into play here as well, and which uh, Lois Cardinal also brings to the foreground in his story. So again, she says, children and vulnerable Canadians, especially its native population, are falling prey to a trend that is medicalized. Doctor-assisted suicides and gender-affirming procedures are less controversial in Canada than in the U.S. And why would that be, I wonder? 
when you think about the fact that this story is not being published on the CBC, Global, CTV, uh, any of, of the other mainstream uh, corporate media outlets in Canada, and, and we have to find it on a British uh, news site, and uh, we can't find it in Canada. Why, why might that be? Uh, could it be that the propaganda is much more effective in Canada because the propagandists are not allowing dissenting voices to be heard or real examination of the stories. Just just an idea. Perhaps it could be. Alex Shadenberg, continuing again with the article, head of Canada's Euthanasia Prevention Coalition, a campaign group, told DailyMail.com that Cardinal's post showed how crazy Canada's made law has become. A 2021 law loosened made rules, making people like Cardinal, who are not close to death, eligible for deadly jabs, he said. Lois was turned down for made, which shows you that some sanity still exists in Canada, Shadenberg said. My concern is that after the federal government expands Canada's euthanasia law to include people with mental health issues in March 2024, which to officially include them, people in similar circumstances to Lois may be approved. Many Canadians support euthanasia, and the campaign group Dying with Dignity says procedures are driven by compassion, an end to suffering and discrimination and desire for personal autonomy. Critics say that the country's regulations lack necessary safeguards, devalue the lives of disabled people, and prompt doctors and health workers to suggest a procedure to those who might not otherwise consider it. They talk about the slippery slope and, and uh, in previous years prior to the uh, legalization of uh, doctor-assisted, medically-assisted suicide, uh, that argument of the slippery slope was used. And the argument of the slippery slope, people have often said that that slippery slope argument is a fallacy. Uh, it's actually much more uh, of a prophecy than it is a fallacy. The slippery slope exists. It's very real. And in many, many issues, the slippery slope has proven to be a very steep one and a very slippery one indeed. And we've seen that when it comes to uh, doctor-assisted suicide in Canada and how one step leads to another. The Overton window, as they, they call it, is shifted. So views and, and policies that were once considered unacceptable are, are considered less acceptable as the window is pushed and moved and moved and moved until we become so used to it that it just becomes something that we accept. So it's, it's like that old adage of the frog in the pot, which I've used a number of times and mentioned many times. The, the, the frog is in the pot, the water is being heated up slowly, and the fog, frog doesn't realize that it's being cooked alive. And that's exactly what's happened in Canada uh, and uh, with that uh, movement of the Overton window and what's being considered acceptable and uh, and led or or uh, encouraged in our uh, 